It had to be you. Is that men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way. Could make me be true. Snap out of it. Could the make me be true. Your eyes and your voice and the way you stand there and the way you walk. Lit from within, Tracy. It had to be you, wonderful you. It had to be you. Hello, romantics. Welcome to It Pod to Be You, the Talk Film Society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mathur, and each episode I'll be chatting with a guest about one of their favorite romantic comedies from classics to modern hits. My guest today is Louis Rendon. How are you? Hi, I'm so excited and happy to be here. I'm very glad to have you um, and that you picked this movie because it's one that's been talked about a lot when talking to people about doing this podcast. So yeah, would I mean, you like to introduce the film for us? Yeah, well, the, the, you know, the message boards have been calling for it, the fans clamoring. <laughs> and I'm just so happy that I'm here um, to chat with you and, and hopefully take everyone on a ride for um, 1999's Never Been Kissed. So this, I was as I was saying off mic, like I hadn't seen this movie before but it's which to is be... pure craziness ridiculous <laughs> are you are you a millennial or are you not okay like this is a touchstone <laughs> you know it really is what i'm is what i'm realizing and um so what makes it one of your favorites and like why'd you pick it for this episode today um well so first i have to say i'm gonna like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let everyone know that my first pick was She's All That, but it has been claimed. And so do not worry, that is coming soon. So saith Manish. Um, but <laughs> Never Been Kissed, uh, uh, there is a certain time in, I think, every millennial's life. And that time was 1999. Like, Y2K was looming. We thought the future was um, this crazy thing called the internet. And it was going to, like, save us all. Um, and these movies are... Um, the, the main thing that I want to talk about um, with these movies, like re- watching them now, it's it's hard. And I bet you a lot of younger people who would watch them, they would say like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, why do people like this? But back then in 1999, it was it's the fantasy. You know, all of us wanted high school to be this way. We all thought, you know, we were going to be that cool, have these great choreographed dance numbers out of nowhere um crazy antics the like aggressively hot people you thought you were going to transform yourself there's this all this transformation that happens especially in this movie i mean this movie is all about transformation and you know uh uh drew barrymore plays josie yeller and she just you know she has this really heartbreaking part where she says do you notice me does he notice me and i think for me like, it's all that teen angst wrapped up in this perfect little, you know, fantasia of romance and um, antics. And, you know, it was um, aspirational. You know, I wanted to um, go to the really cool prom. I mean, my prom was like very, I mean, you're a bunch of 17-year-old idiots, you know. But compared to uh, the the beautiful production of a, of a high-budget movie, it's like, man, the, the American dream of being a teenager is just like wild. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, Drew Barrymore is such like a, she's such a, a personality, you know. She's been around forever acting since she was a child and this was the first movie she made with her um, production company um and it, it i don't know it hit all the boxes there's 
There's a lot of um, cameos um, from other teen actors. There's dancing. There's uh, mischief. You get like uh, Molly Shannon. Uh, Octavia Spencer is in this movie. It's 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 just far too much. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, when Octavia Spencer showed up, I was like, how long has this woman been acting? Because I, I mean, she didn't. I mean, she didn't really break out until the help. But then, like, she's in this. She's in John, being John Malkovich. Like, she's everywhere. Yeah, I, I really like was she's like, always around. I was like, wait, how old is Octavia Spencer? Because yeah, right. She's been playing middle-aged woman for her entire life. <laughs> yeah and like this movie also has all the touchstones like i mean lily sobieski is in this movie which is such a millennial like actress who like was gonna have a moment michael vartan like all these people who were big at this very specific uh, moment in time it's it's perfect yeah and you know of course you have david arquette is in there uh gary marshall Dante riley yeah i mean this, this movie has a pretty great cast and yeah, Lily Slobieski is, like, such a throwback. I mean, I don't such know what she's doing now, but, like, she... Because, like, I had just seen um, Eyes Wide Shut at the Metrograph yes. um, before I watched this. And so, you know, she's, of course, in that movie as well. And then seeing her in this as, like, the sort of, like, dorky math girl who, like, wears this amazing jumpsuit at prom that's, like, so iconic. She basically is um the she's all that main character but without turning quote-unquote hot like she's just like (laughs) she's she's she is a beautiful girl but like they put some glasses and a weird jumpsuit on her and it's like oh a nerd yeah oh my god but i mean you're right like this movie has like you know like the element of like fantasy of like going back to high school and it has like such you know this sort of like classic teen comedy you know elements that I, I'm not sure I guess I started with John Hughes in the 80s but then like Clueless and right you know and like I mean this yeah. this movie I think as I was watching it a re-watching it um I was like wait is Mean Girls a remake of Never Been Kissed because holy shit there are things that line up so well yeah the base the bases of the, both movies are wildly different but in Mean Girls you've got um uh, Gretchen is trying to make fetch happen in this movie you have the um, guy his name is Guy trying to make Rufus happen um, it, there is like just scenes that are like the, the scenes of like the hot girls walking around it's I was like oh my god was Mean Girls secretly referencing Never Been Kissed this entire time yeah I mean of course there's also the element of like Josie trying to yes. like finagle her way into this cool girl clique and yeah, I mean, well, what's funny is that Mean Girls is so old that it's like only five years after this movie, which is crazy because like right. I think of Mean Girls as like you know we I watched in high school and this movie is like my sisters watched, but it's just like so weird to think about it because it just feels like worlds apart. Um, yeah, I mean, like this movie also has her at the end throwing her um, prom queen crown yeah. down. It has um. What does she say? Oh, um, Guy is totally crunching you. And she's like, do I want to be crunched? Which really feels like, um, do you want your muffin to be buttered? Like, (laughs) there is a lot. I was like, oh, my God, this is Mean Girls. But all that being said, um, it feels like Never Been Kissed is like we were talking before. Like, if there is a trinity that is holding up the modern um, uh, teen rom-com, it is like Never Been Kissed, 10 Things I Hate About You, and She's All That. And those three 
like all um, going forward, kind of like were driving in the lane that they like blazed before them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's so true. And like just like this. I mean, let's talk about the fashion first because oh, like please. when Josie gets into the high school and she's wearing that ridiculous like all um, white, all white. Yeah, with all the fur and stuff like. I just want to know, like, was that a cool outfit? Because it looks, I mean, because 90s fashion is very questionable. Well, but, like, was that, in the time, was that a cool look? Well, I think the 90s, uh, like, late 90s, millennial fashion was very, like, radioactive disco is how I like to describe it. Because it is, like, bell bottoms and, you know, like, um, barely there, this and that, um, and but, like, turned up, like, put through, like, a millennial blender where it's, like, high-tech, neon, whatever. Um, and I think Josie Geller is supposed, like, in her outfits are supposed to um, speak to us as, like, this is a girl who's clearly trying too hard, you know? She's the girl who doesn't know exactly how to pull off the looks that maybe she saw in her, like, teen Vogue um when she was like you know in high school um yeah i I guess also should we explain what this movie's about yeah sure i mean i i assume everyone who's listening has seen it although maybe they're not so yeah let's we can go through like the plot a little bit yeah to give a clear thing yeah so never been kissed is about uh josie geller and she is quote the youngest copy editor at the sun times tribune um which is like one of the biggest newspapers in chicago and right away like very suspicious of this movie because she has her own office and i'm like why i work in an <laughs> i work in a newsroom and copy editors do not get offices especially not the quote youngest one there um but sure for the movie fine um through some crazy antics um her boss um, Gary Marshall, who I guess is the editor-in-chief, he wants, like, a really hot, you know, undercover um, uh, expose on teens in high school. And so, again, Josie Geller, who is just this random copy editor, is in on this high editorial meeting, and he randomly says, you're enrolling on Friday! And I don't know what the, like, um, intake of schools is like in Chicago, but she just gets herself right in there, you know? I don't know... Yeah. Um, there's no safeguards. There's no, like, hey, uh, maybe a birth certificate. I don't know. Uh, and also, she's fully, like, 25. And no one at their school re- recognizes her, remembers her, whatever. She shows up in her crazy white outfit. And she's there to, like, you know, she's a little bit nervous. But she's 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 desperate. Um, also, a big plot point. She's desperate to prove that she's not just a copy editor. Which is wild, because she likes showing off how good of a copy editor she is. Um, one of her more annoying tics is her being like, um, she'll correct people. You know, she's like, oh, you're not um, na- nauseous. You're nauseated. Um, she does that oh, a yeah. lot. A lot. Um, she has like a very kind of scandalous um, flirtation with her um, English teacher, played by Michael Vartan. Oh, boy. That and, fun to talk about. <laughs> and um, she's like, oh, he gets me. Um there's also, like, it, the movie's interspliced with a lot of, like, old um, flashback footage from her in high school, and she was known as Josie Grossi. Um, and her brother, um, played by David Arquette, he is like, you can do it, blah, blah, blah. Um, you're, you're not Josie Grossi anymore. Um, she's failing really hard at it. 
he decides he wants a second chance at high school. Also, he wants to play baseball. So he also enrolls, um, which I forgot when I rewatched it. He also enrolls and is immediately a cool kid. And so through him in a very he's like, oh, did you hear about Josie? She's so fucking cool. He like straight up. I don't know how to say this um, is bragging to his baseball teammates that she's good in bed. Did you catch this? Yes, I did. I was like, wait, is her brother bragging that, oh, yeah, she dumped me, but, you know, she's really banging in bed. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, anyway, that was so weird. <laughs> through him and her, like, eating a pot brownie, um, <laughs> she becomes a cool girl. And uh, she, you know... And, and oh, and there's also like this, the newspaper again. This is why no newspaper does this. They like put a a um, um, a camera on her, like a, a little hidden camera. And so everyone at the newsroom just sits around and watches her like be in school. Um, and her editor is like desperately waiting for a story. It's been five weeks with no story. And um, finally, he's like, the story is the man. The And he wants a story about how this teacher is, like, being a predator to um, teens. Um, and um, spoiler alert, in the end, she decides she can't go through with it at prom. And she reveals the truth. And she says, and again, another crazy thing. She writes this column. She's like, you'll have a story she writes this like column where she says, I've basically never been kissed, which isn't, I've never been kissed. She says basically. Okay. Yeah. We have to talk about that because I'm so confused by her in this movie and that statement, but we can continue. And then we'll, we'll go back to that. Okay. Put a pin in that. But so she basically puts a column out and she says, "Um, I'm sorry, but I fell in love with this man. You know who you are. Um, I'm going to be at, she makes this crazy. She has she has powers. Okay, she's 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 a superhero. She goes to the baseball coach and she's like, "I'll get you every media company coverage for the championship game if you can do me a favor." And he's like, "Okay." And so I guess she just fucking she's twenty five years old. Gets the entire Chicago media out to this high school baseball game. Incredible. And she says, I'm going to be standing on home base or no, the pitcher's mound for five minutes. And I want my first kiss. And like, I mean, the iconic scene of this movie is the very ending. And she's standing out there and the whole stadium is like just going nuts. Um, and like time slows down and they're like five, four, the countdown to zero. And he doesn't show up. She drops the mic and then, oh, what's that? You see Michael Vartan running through the crowd, embracing her in the middle of the field. And they share a kiss. The world starts spinning. It's beautiful. It's glorious. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, that's a great summary. And, like, I, I have to say, I really loved a lot his his line. Where he said, it took me forever to get here, which this seems really I don't know, kind of romantic. No, okay. Um, yeah. Wait, but, but he says that. And I thought, oh, what a good line. And then she says, I know the feeling. And then the movie ends. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? I don't, where was she going? Uh, the, the movie tries to bend over backwards to make things work. But I think most of these movies do. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's like, 
they, they again it's the fantasy uh, it, this is all fantasy yeah so the thing like the things that i was thinking the most when i was you know uh, after the after watching it just kind of thinking about it and thinking about like what to say i was thinking like this week is kind of hindered by the fact that it's being this like teen romantic comedy that's just like i don't want to say superficial but it just wants to have that kind of like fantasy element because there are a lot of things about it that are really like weird or strange or like like crazy like you were saying about how she gets the whole media there and all the stuff with the baseball team and her brother and the you know student teacher thing so but it's like there's like not really any time or energy devoted to like exploring those themes no or no no I mean, and that's because it has to be this like kind of candy floss like um, yeah. rom com, which is I mean, very successful at it, but also like afterwards you're thinking like, wait, what did I just watch? Yeah, I mean, like you can't think too hard watching this movie. I mean, and yeah. like you said, it was so successful; it made eighty five million dollars on yeah. like a twenty million dollar budget, um, and it you this movie is just like not concerned with reality. It's not concerned with how the media gets there. It's not concerned with all these things because what this movie is selling you is this is a, um, a geek, a nerd who has not been successful in love. And this is her second chance. Like, and I think the, the why people connect to it so much is like, if you had the second chance to go to high school with all your brains and knowledge of how everything works, um, wouldn't you want to go back and redo high school? Wouldn't you want to go back and like be popular this time and re- really show um, off who you really are? Um, and you know that's what they're trying to like. They've they've yeah. taken that they've taken that story and tried to like force upon like, well, how could we get you know an adult woman into high school plausibly? And you know it and then. Throughout, though, like I think the reason why the movie is so successful is because they like pepper in all these like gems around it. Like there's a full scene of Molly Shannon um, giving a um, sex class, sex ed class. Yeah. Molly Shannon is her best friend who works at the at the office, and and she has this moment like when um, so her like I guess assigning editor is John C. Riley, and he's like gruff and tough, and then Molly Shannon I don't know what the fuck she does at this office, but she just kind of basically sits around looking very hot and like basically she's kind of painted as like a slutty character um and she has a moment she's like man like uh she has a soft moment where they're watching josie um on her like feed or video and she's like man the romance of this all you know and then she goes (laughs) again not concerned with like how this works or not she fully is like, oh, I was on my lunch break and just wanted to come and say hi to you at school where you're undercover. Um, and and through comedy of errors, gets mistaken as the sex ed teacher. Yeah, um, it's like one of the funniest scenes in the movie. And like Molly Shannon, like, she's so funny. And like, I feel like even though she's like really popular and like has a lot of like hit movies and stuff, like, I think she's still underrated, even though she's so yeah, like. Absolutely. Absolutely. Such a star, yeah. She is an absolute star, and she steals every single scene she's in in this movie. Yeah, so I I do want to touch upon this sort of this idea of how she gets into the school because like I've never worked at a newspaper, so I don't know like can she, like wouldn't no they way. have to like There's send no her to the principal and be like, hey, she's re- undercover, but like no right. one seems to know that she's an adult. Right. So the the <laughs> thing is. 
the, the thing is, I do work in a newsroom, and um, it's so unethical. Like, it's so unethical to ever present yourself other than, like, a journalist, if you are. Um, there certainly have been, like, famous news stories where people have gone undercover. Um, yeah. but, but no one would ever... The, the amount of legal um, nonsense you'd have to go through to get especially when you're dealing with minors, you know, <laughs> like yeah. these are, these are kids, um, you, you know, parents have to be involved the district. I mean, it's, it's so boring. It's not, it's not a fantasy, you know? And yeah, so yeah, sure. even when her brother um, shows up, he fully is like, yeah, I'm a student now. I made this ID at the, he works at like, um, like a, a, yeah, yeah. a luau themed printing shop. And, and, the movie is just like I don't want to hear any explanation about this. We just need him as a plot point to get keep this thing going. And and the movie moves. The movie like oh yeah, there's, there's never a down moment. Um, it's a plot machine. But like even with like um even with her brother there, like that's how she gets popular. Like you were saying, like wouldn't you like to go back to high school with everything you know now and like be very like cool and popular? But I feel like she doesn't really do that because she ends up being like on the math team and like you know she gets in like into that crowd but then it really takes um her brother being there who's like kind of instantly popular to like help her out but like i think that's actually realistic in some way because like i remember like in when i graduated high school going to college being like okay i'm not going to be the like quiet one who like has like two or three best friends and like doesn't isn't really involved in like the main you know, social group at school. Like, in college, I'm going to be, like, the fun one, whatever. But then I got to college, and I was exactly who I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, like there, for me, there wasn't much of a re- reinvention. And so I liked that when she came, she wasn't able just to, like, immediately work her way into the clique. Like, she needed the extra, like, boost or whatever. Yeah, I mean, and what's so, funny is she goes back, and she does try to reinvent she's wearing new stuff she yeah. sells her she sells her le saber to her brother for his like cooler car she is she has crazy hair she's doing what she thinks um, a cool young person would wear and look like um but you're right and she ends up um again like mean girls with the math club um called the denominators um and she yeah, she is, like, this kind of... It's through also work, because they're like, stop hanging out with these losers. No one cares. Like, we want what, like, popular kids are doing. Trendy kids, what what are they doing? Um, and her boss says, you need to become these girls' friends. And she tries, and she fails a lot. Um, yeah. Of note, the the popular girls, um, one of which is Jessica Alba, a very young Crazy. Jessica Alba. Oh, my God. She's so and the, little. I know. And their names are Kristen, Kirsten, and Gibby. <laughs> um and yeah i mean they are just like non-plus they think this girl is awkward and weird and you know a try hard um oh my god when they're at the club though and those three girls are doing choreo together like in no particular like i don't know they're presenting it just to to everyone look at us look look at our choreo i was like oh i love (laughs) right i mean that touchstone of a teen movie um i know yeah, it does take her brother, though, to, like, really get the ball rolling. But I think it's – and, I mean, I think we may, we should definitely talk about the flashbacks to her. She has this, like, PTSD of high school, essentially. 
Um, yeah. And, and also one of the most famous um, scenes of the movie is she gets asked to prom in high school um, by Billy something. She is wearing this like iconic purple aluminum big, it's just like big, huge 80s dress. Um, and she's got her like little braces and her weird hair. And she goes outside and you see Billy come out from the sunroof of the, um, the limo. And, and oh my God. And like this iconic song is playing and, you know, it's maybe one of the most painful scenes like ever, um, like as an emotional teen. <laughs> um, yeah. and basically, um, another girl pops up and he starts throwing eggs at her. And Josie just crumples into a ball and she's sobbing and um, she hears her mom saying, Josie, is that you? And she's too embarrassed. And so she runs off because um, she, she can't even face her mom about, you know, not this awful, horrible prank that's been played on her. Uh, and so she's dealing with that still. I mean, there's like that off, like they play it for a lot of laughs. Um like when they say, do you remember what they told you? Like, they called you in high school? And then like a full shot of like an entire cafeteria yelling, Josie, Josie. <laughs> and um, yeah, this this is a woman who is obviously traumatized and it takes her like cooler brother to like help her out. When you watch this, did you think he was older or younger? Well, David Arquette Alice seems to be like 40 years old to me. So mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was older, but I guess he's younger, or is he right. older? See, I, when I when I was rewatching it, I was like, oh, she says that she always wanted to be like him, was looking up to him because he was cool, and I thought, okay, so he's older, but in the early in the movie, she says, oh, you're 23. What do you want to do with your life? And oh, like, right, that's right. And I thought, damn, if she's 23, she's got to be like 21, I guess, and working at this like big paper that's wild um but then at the very end of the movie she says i'm not a 17 year old um high school student i'm a 25 year old uh you know woman working at the sun times and i was like okay i guess um but again like it, and, and in real life david arquette is fully older than her like that's yeah because he looks like an old man and she has like a baby face <laughs> Like he's fully, you know, four years older than uh, than her. Yeah. But, uh, it's a, uh, you know, it, it, again, another part of the fantasy that one must not, um, you know, think too hard about. Is the seat taken? Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you something here. I hope this doesn't undermine my position as an authority figure, but uh, I'm a little afraid of heights. <laughs> You're afraid of the Ferris wheel. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's the uh, you know, plunging headfirst into the crowd part that kind of gets me. Well, I bet if you had your Gordy Howe helmet on, you'd feel better. <laughs> hey, you remember that story? I remember everything that you said in your classroom. <laughs> The buckets are rocking, don't they come in and knock it? Yeah! Yeah! Boys. Mr. Colson rocks my world. You know, I'd like to tell you that we all grow out of it. It's a lie. Some of us will always be rattling cages. 
Why do you do that? I don't know. You know what's scary is that when you get older, it's just, it just gets more confusing. I mean, you know, Laura, my girlfriend you met at the club. We've been going out for five years, and now she wants me to move to New York. And, you know, I mean, I should, I should do it. You know, make the commitment and grow up. I know we have our differences. You know what? I sh shouldn't be talking about this stuff with you. I'm sorry. It's nice to have someone to talk to. <laughs> Same here. Well, all I can tell you is that when you're my age, guys will be lined up around the block for you. You have to say that because you're my teacher. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. We just have to talk about the Michael Vartan romance because mm. it is so... So, like, Michael Vartan, like, I know him through Alias... Yes. And I don't. Yeah. Right. And like he was like, when I was watching Alias, I was definitely like, oh my god, like he's the hottest one on the show. And this is a show that included Bradley Cooper, so that says a lot. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, of course, now you know, in 2020, I'm like, obviously Bradley Cooper was the best part of Alias besides Jennifer Garner, but Jennifer like, Garner's wigs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The wigs for sure. But like. Um, so I can see why he's being cast as, like, this, like, dreamy teacher. Because he does have that, like, look of, like, a schoolboy or schoolgirl crush, you know? Because he's, like, very, like, conventionally handsome. He's, like, very conventionally charming. Like, he's just, like, a... Uh, just, like... I don't, like, I don't want to say cardboard cutout, but he just has that, like, look. Where he's just, like, very basic looking. So it's, like, you can see why he's, like the, like, dreamboat in this kind of movie. But then, like, I just feel like the romance is just so awkward because the whole time you're thinking, does this guy want to, like, have sex with a teenager? Well, so here's the thing. I don't know if, during the course of this movie, he is taken by her because she is answering questions in class. She, you know, they're, they're talking about in his in the course of um, the movie, um, as as you like it, um, in his class, and talking a lot about, you know, um, disguises. And so, like, the movie is, like, being a little clever and saying how, you know, we can be whoever we want to be when we're yeah. wearing a mask. Um, and she is, you know, right on his level talking about all this stuff. And so the movie has... I, I think the movie does do a good job of... Um, him being knowing um, there's a moment when they're at this crazy carnival and um, yeah. he get he gets on a, on a, the Ferris wheel with her and he says something to the effect of, you know, you're very smart and whatever. And she's like, Oh, you say that to all your students. And he's like, no, that's why I shouldn't be saying it to my student. So he understands like that there is a line that he can't cross. And he, the, the the movie also does a, a good job of being like, he says, oh, I'm going to pull some strings for you from a friend in Dartmouth. I want you to talk to them. You have to go to college. You're, you People need to like read your writing. And so I never got like an explicitly sexual vibe from um, him and her. I just got like, they do have um, a moment where you meet like 
the mean lawyer girlfriend from New York. <laughs> and like, was like I felt attacked because like I'm the mean lawyer from New York. <laughs> I was gonna say Manish, you're horrible. <laughs> but like, no, but they 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 do a really like stupid job of like you meet her and what is um. Oh, she says something to the effect of like, "We have season tickets to the Met," and um, uh, Drew Barrymore is like, "Oh, I love baseball," uh, and <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yeah, make like the cultured bitch from New York like the true enemy of everyone." Oh um, boy. And and Michael Vartan is like, "My snooty lawyer New York girlfriend," and and she's like, and the lawyer is like. Well, you're gonna have to move to New York, and you're done doing all these silly things here, um, which is frustrating. But you know what? They have to like um, put like opposing whatever yeah, uh, right. between them. Um, but and at the end, you know, when he when she's caught or she reveals herself, he's like, "You just were using me for a story." Um, which also is giving you like inklings of future rom com, um, how to lose a guy in ten days. Hello. Oh yeah, one um, of my faves. Yeah. Um, and I will say like, after I finished rewatching this, I was like, man, I, there are so many of these movies that really count on like disgusting, unethical journalistic practices yeah. as their as their entire premise, um, which just would like in reality would never happen i mean it maybe would happen for like i don't know some silly website or whatever but like the chicago sometimes probably not um anyway uh yeah i don't know there were there were certainly some moments where i was like okay a teacher would never get on a ferris wheel with a um, or dance with her at prom Right. That to me was like the most insane thing and i was like i know that she's about to make this like big speech to like you know, like, I knew this that this would be the moment that she reveals herself because, like, you know, it's prom. Right. But I was like, why, who, I've never heard of a teacher dance with a student, especially a male teacher dancing with a female right. student. Like, I mean, that just guess, seems so beyond the, like... Right. I mean, well, we're looking... Of, we're looking at it through like our 2020 Me Too yeah. times up eyes in, right, 19, yeah. in 1999, honey. You know, it was <laughs> anything goes. I mean, like fully when you watch these movies like whose high school throws carnivals like that yeah who's, right uh, we absolutely need to talk about how this fucking high school is i guess obsessed with being the prom national champions or some whatever like, <laughs> like it's, it's it's so stupid and it's fantasia like this, yeah. this movie needs a reason for them to be super lit about prom and their um theme and there's like a throwaway line of like, yeah, that's just how we do it here. We're like always competing for best prom against our rival. And it's like, what? And they, the like woman on the intercom is like, hey guys, we've got an emergency. It looks like West Side is also doing Millennium. So now we need a new theme. And the entire classroom fucking like loses their mind. And I just like, I can't imagine an entire school being so, um, I don't know, uh, ener- energized and enthusiastic about, like, the, right. the, full, the full trauma of not even just, like, an actual competition, but, like, a theme. And and that's the moment when Josie finally actually turns into the cool girl, because everyone's like, we're freaking out, we're freaking out. And the teacher, he's like, okay, settle down, guys, settle down. Let's just think of a new theme. And people are throwing things out, like, I don't know, what do they say? They say, like, under... Um, 
80s or like underwater, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, that's stupid. That's stupid. And then Guy, the hot guy, um, who reminds her of her high school crush, he has just been told by, you know, the brother character how cool she is. And so he says, Josie, Josie's got the answer. And in an iconic line, she's like stands up and she says, um, what have meant for each other? Famous couple throughout history. And people are like, oh, my God, you are our Jesus, Lord and Savior. We're going to win nationals for prom once again. Um, and, and I will say it's a very cute theme. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty good theme, I thought. There's a lot of, like, fun sight gags at the yeah. prom where you can just, like, see. Uh, there's, a like, a, a funny joke where Jesus, or not Jesus, uh, Joseph and Mary are, like, wandering for a table. And, like, they're, like, there's no space here. Um, that was really funny. There's also a, f- I, I found the gaze, okay? Count on me to find the gaze wherever I go. Um, at the beginning of the shot, you see four guys dressed as the village people. And the theme is couples throughout history and so i was like okay <laughs> there is my um non-monogamous four gays who are just like found each other um, yeah, oh and having fun i think this is like peak of like ymca jokes and like village people jokes on like sitcoms right like i feel like every sitcom did like a joke about like the village people if there was like ever some kind of person in like a construction outfit or whatever yeah, yeah. well also oh my like God. if you like the theme breaks down if you start looking too hard because like they literally have like one black guy and he's dressed as a golfer and i was like is that just tiger woods oh Um, no (laughs) and i didn't and i and i couldn't find like who he was there with and so i was like this is just a costume party people were just dressed up yeah Uh, um it must be noted that the three hot girls all came as a various barbie um and uh yeah i mean and again they're like talking about the, the fantasy like there's no high school that has carnivals that like outrageous proms that are that ridiculous um and, and so the idea of like you know the the teacher kind of like dancing with her and being like oh my god i'm so taken with your like talent or whatever and and what's wild is though while this is happening she and her entire office literally her entire office are eating popcorn and watching all this happen because I guess just one little like pin on her shirt will do the trick. Uh, <laughs> ridiculous. There's a poor guy who's yeah. like in a van and he's always on a date in this van. I was like, God, that woman is a is the real one. She's the ride or die. I'd be so pissed. Like, why are we in this van again? Um, and yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and so like everything, like all the all the the points of where like this doesn't make sense, but like. Again, it all goes back to, like, it is just the fantasy. Yeah, well, we I, I do want to mention, like, uh, the popular kids tried to um, pull, like, a carry on Louis Sobieski by, like, yes. like throwing dog food at her. Like, well, they, that, that was so funny. They call her Alpo. Right, yeah. And yeah. they want to, like, they all, they, there's a very clear shot of all of them, like, un, uh, opening the can of dog food. And that's the moment when... Um, Josie realizes, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't. Because yeah. that Lily Sobieski's character was like her one friend before she got popular and hot. And um, she realizes she can't let that happen to her. And she can't throw um, the teacher under the. Un- oh, the teacher whose name is Mr. Coolson. 
He's literally. Oh, wow, I didn't put that together. That's a great. I, for, that's a great I forgot. Yeah, Coulson, and and he like plays hockey in class because he's so cool. Um, yeah, he's definitely that like trope of like the cool teacher, and it was like so funny because it's like I couldn't tell if they were like making fun of that or that was like actually doing that trope. <laughs> oh no, I think he absolutely was it. He's like. Yeah, I'm like a hot young teacher. Yeah, it goes to like the pot parties at the club. And he's like at the at the club partying with everyone. And also he like he's like those guys who are on the dating apps where it's like, yeah, I'm a jock, but I'm also a gamer. It's like okay, I I get it. You read Shakespeare and you also are a jock. Cool. Like so fun, so cool that you get everything in life. Um but yeah, the, the, when she she does the very, you know, dramatic... I mean, the, the movie ramps up really quickly. Like, the, the prom is really fun, and it's great. And then, kind of... I mean, I would say almost too quickly, she just loses it. And she's like, she stops prom. And she's like, enough! Um, I, I'm not a teenager! And she's basically berating everyone because they're mean and cruel. And, you know, she gives her big speech about, you know, being in high school and it doesn't even mean anything. And, uh, you know, she's really letting all that trauma just flow out. Um, And also, like, the next day, the her editor like slams a paper from the, the the competing paper and it has a picture of her like with her crown falling off and i was like was there a photographer from the chicago tribune casually at this high school prom how did they get this photo fantasy my friends yeah. fantasy <laughs> but um and and, and yeah and i Again, that the, that the Chicago Tribune would even like run a story. I mean, maybe they would. The story is pretty ridiculous about a, a teenage or a woman pretending to be a teenager. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I, I think the ending part of the movie ramps up really quickly, and she's like so angry, and she can't believe you know, and she can't do this anymore, and the pressure's too much. And um, Michael Vartan, he's just like. I can't tell. I mean, it's hard because they don't really explore what he would feel like. What would you feel? You know, how do you even comprehend? Because you know? he's probably thinking like, was I just going to like, he says like you set me up and I'm like, this, Oh, I was like, maybe he's like mad that like, not only she lied to him, but like technically like, if she had exposed like that, he was like kind of flirty with a student, then like he could technically lose his job. Oh, of course. So like, yeah, that's like, kind of scary because it's like she did in a way because she was like reciprocating his like flirting because like, right. she was and because oh, she was absolutely him. she was. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Because if, if she were like you know a 16 year old like high school student and being just as flirty, like then like that's major trouble for him. Right. But it's yeah, almost, it's interesting. It reminds me of Stay With Me, the Mulan situation, you know? Oh, where, yeah, yeah. Where he's like, fuck, am I gay? Am I gay for him? <laughs> it was like, and then, yeah. and this whole time, it's like, oh no, I wasn't gay for you. You're just like a like a really like butch like woman, and I'm into yeah, that. It's like, it and just so it looked, yeah. And it's kind of the same situation where he's like, oh fuck, am I like a child predator? Like, right. holy shit. And and so like on, on two levels, it's like you were gonna try and destroy my career because of this um, story you're writing. And then also you made me believe that I was this bad person because I was confused about like what the truth was. But, uh, 
and and, and that's interesting to think about because I obviously it, it reads a lot differently now um, as viewers and like as a, to a modern audience. I think I certainly don't think anyone making this movie back then was like even thinking about that. But even like, her editor wants to like he doesn't he think like this is a salacious story if yeah. like oh, the yeah. teacher is in love with the student right so what they're was, kind of in, yeah they're kind of putting him in that position right without, what I, was, I don't yeah. think the the any of the filmmakers were like worried about oh he's in love oh right I I think yeah, they yeah. were I think they were certainly like oh he's has feelings for her but it's okay because she's actually like a grown ass woman. Yeah. Yeah, but for yeah. sure, the editors want the story of how uh, teachers are getting too close to your kids and, like, how dangerous that is. Right. Uh, and I think – but what's wild is so he doesn't show up. And, and the movie does a, a pretty good job of, like, building suspense because they do this full montage of, like, the entire city of Chicago reading the paper and reading her column. Yeah. Her column her column that is, like, the front page of – whatever section <laughs> and that like i don't as like a, a print journalist i was like or not not even a print like a print visual journalist i was like wow they really laid out an entire page for her huh it's um, so funny because nowadays that would just be a tweet thread right exactly <laughs> exactly um but but when they show him he actually is it looks like he's moving to new york to be with his um you know mean lawyer girlfriend and he, like, is using the newspaper to, like, wrap up all his hockey trophies, Ugh, of course. Um, and and so you kind of get the sense, like, oh, no, everyone in Chicago except for him has read this column. Um, and I will say, since I watched this movie for the first time many years ago, to this day, I was literally quoting the movie while I was watching it. And my friend was like, how the fuck did you remember all that? <laughs> <laughs> like the line that is in like burned into my memory is um gary marshall walking into the stands wieners i got hot wieners here coming through <laughs> i don't know why I, it, ma- it makes me laugh so hard thinking about just like wieners i got hot wieners um but it, yeah i mean the movie does a very good job though of doing these big set pieces of, yeah. uh you know like there is it's it's very romantic. I will say I wish I could have like, I wish the movie lingered a little bit more at the end. It's because it's literally like, countdown. Um, you get one flash second of seeing the brother and like, oh look, he's now the assistant coach at this, um, for this high school baseball team. Um, and and it wraps up really quickly. And yeah. I, I was like, oh okay, yeah. Right. Okay, right. it's over. It, yeah, they kiss, and then it goes to the credits, right? There's no, like, seeing them else. together as a couple, yeah. No, and, and it's it's kind of, like, it's a little bit jarring, but, like, it tells you that this movie and the filmmakers were just really interested in, like, she finally gets her kiss. Like, the movie's called Never Been Kissed, and she finally gets okay, her Okay, yeah, thanks for reminding me, because, like, here's, here's a question that I have, and, like, I don't know if there's a real answer to this, but, like, is she a virgin? And has she actually been kissed, but, like, not good kisses? Or is it just, like, literally never has been kissed and, like, she's just has never dated anyone or hooked up with anyone? Like, oh, what's going on here? Because that, that line is, I've never really been kissed before. So it's, like, really implies that, like, there was, like, bad kisses or, like, whatever. So, yeah, what well, do you think? The working title was Never Really Been Kissed Really, um, but it didn't just, like, test well, you know? Um, I'm kidding. Uh, 
was going to say, yeah, it's a terrible title. I mean, yeah, I don't know. They, It's almost like the movie wants to have it both ways because yeah. it's... It, I wonder if, like, anyone was, like, any of the executives was like, this obviously attractive woman has never had sex, never been... She's 25 years old. And it's not like... Like, for example, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, where the whole conceit of the movie is that he is a virgin and he is 40 years old. Right. And in your brain, you think the conceit of this movie is that she is a 25-year-old woman that she's never been kissed. But it's not. It's it, The conceit is actually that she goes back to high school and, like, learns how to be cool or whatever, yeah. you know? And at the end, she does get this, like, excellent kiss but she straight up says in her column to everyone, she's never really been kissed. And so I think she probably has, um, you know, I don't think she's a virgin. I don't I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, they, they work very hard to make her seem uncool. And yeah, because I was going to say, like, I buy her as someone who hasn't had a lot of romantic experience because like she obviously didn't have any in college in high school. Right. And then in college, she's just like, you know, the same kind of person who just kind of like works and has a little like life because I mean, in the beginning, her life seems really sad. Like she has that turtle. She has that like huge <laughs> collection of pillows on her bed, which to me sounds right. like no visitors right. allowed. Maybe, yeah. I mean, so, nothing makes you sadder I, I than a turtle. Both ways. I know. <laughs> that turtle is pretty sad. <laughs> and, like, so I can, I don't know, I can see it, but the, the word really kind of threw me for a loop because I'm like. Yeah. Because I, I agree with you. Like, I don't think this movie is really about someone who hasn't been kissed, but, like, that's such a, that's a, a great title for a movie, and it, especially, like, a high school random comedy. Like, I, I can see why they went with the title because it makes right. a great it's, title. It's I very mean, catchy and stuff, but they're not really going for it as much as they should. Right. Well, I will say that the movie does really, you know, um, she has a lot of speeches where she's like, oh, don't you believe in love? And you, yeah. don't you like, and she's, and all the women in the office are just like looking at her like, damn bitch, like you really are holding out for a hero. Because she's saying, you know, like, someone just like to notice you and to see you. And when you wake up, and she's giving you the full laying it on thick. And so yeah. maybe that's supposed to be telling us that, like, she is waiting for, like, that, right. that ooh-ah-ah sensation. She's waiting for, like, you know. And so maybe that's what she means. Um, but it's not, like, super explicit. They're not, like... There's no one in this movie like, oh my god, Josie, did you finally kiss someone? Or like, Josie, yeah. like you need to get fucked. Like that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's more just like, have, you know? like Spencer, she could have used a couple more lines to be like, you need to get some. <laughs> yeah, Molly Shannon. Yeah, I mean, I I bet they just didn't know how to navigate that because yeah. how do you, how do you send a grown woman to high school and be like, you gotta go get laid, Josie? <laughs> like, I mean. And, Instead, they really focus it on her being like, you have to, um, oh, well, at the beginning when she's trying to pitch her editor stories and he's like, please, you're like a loser copy editor who doesn't take life by the balls. And she's like, I can be, I'm going to, you know, and she's, it's more about her like breaking out of her shell and like blossoming into a, you know, powerful woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I can see her being someone who's like, I don't want to date unless it's, like, the one. Yeah, totally. Um, but I'm like, honey, 
you know, wait till 2020, and then you'll have to see how many people you date before you... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I mean, but I gotta say, like, Drew Barrymore, like, she's amazing in this movie. Like, I, like, I mean, it's the kind of role that, of course, she can do so easily well, but... I was, like, so just impressed by just how, like, funny she was and romantic and sad and cute she was. Yeah, I was, a, I mean, I'm a big fan of hers in general, but I was really, really impressed by her. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, was this the first time I got to know Cameron, oh, uh, not Cameron, wow, I've got Cameron Diaz on the brain, um, her fellow Charlie's Angel. I know, I was going to say, and what about Lucy Liu? <laughs> um... Oh, I always have Lucy on the brain. Um, yeah. Drew, was this like the first time I'd seen Drew Barrymore like as a functioning person with a brain? I think so. I don't know. Or, you know, did Ever After come before or after this? I think it was after. I'm going to look that up um, really quickly. I, and I think it's the same director, too, isn't it? Ever After was one year before. Oh, wow. Um, and the... Uh, it's not the same director. Um, oh. The director of Never Been Kissed, he um, also did, um, I want to say Snow Dogs. Um, he's not a director known for much of anything. Hold, I, I have his um, name right here. Uh, it's uh, Raja, Raja Gosnell. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, he's not really known for uh, like, yeah. he did one of the Scooby-Doo movies. Um, oh, just kidding. He did both Scooby-Doo movies. He also did Big Mama's House. Um, so, uh, what yeah. an auteur. Yeah, an auteur, um, if you will. Yeah, I guess Mer- I thought there was some connection between this movie and Ever After, but maybe not. It's just, like, it's, they're just both like iconic Drew movies. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he did Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Smurfs, um, Home Alone 3. So, you know... Just really high. All the classics. All the classics that you um, want to need. Uh, but I think Drew Barrymore is able to like really channel. I mean, in Ever After, she's so soft and pretty. Um, and yeah. she's literally Cinderella. Um, and in this movie, she gets to use those powers of just like... Um, Drew Barrymore is really good at uh, playing um, kind of broken women. Yeah. Um, very shy. Um but then at the same, I mean, she, I mean, let me tell you, the girl's got the range because when you look at her here compared to, say, Charlie's Angels, where she's like a completely like sexually liberated, badass, yeah, like, badass woman. Chick, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just totally buy her here, though, as this kind of like naive and um, kind of uh, frail. Um, and, and it isn't until the end where she's, I mean, there, there are flashes of her when she says, I'm not Josie Grossi anymore. And you you get to see her kind of come out, um, but you you do buy that this is a woman who just like has been hurt before. I mean, yeah. I cannot I cannot stress enough how heartbreaking that scene of the drive by egging is. Oh, God, it's uh, so sad. I mean, I and I I can't even. I mean, when it comes to sad moments in movies that like would have hit millennials at the right time, like this has to be up there because we all. You know, we're thinking, man, what would high school be like? What's 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 high school gonna be like? Because I think I I was in middle school when this movie came out, so I was thinking, what's high school gonna be like? Um, I can't wait for my prom. You know, all these things, and to see this like this really awful thing happen. You know, it's kind of like really jarring. Um, 
so yeah i just i just think there's a lot of like especially this movie contributes to the american touchstones of the high school experience um kind of in the same way that like american pie did um she's all that like i mean all these like little cultural touchstones um that are made up from all these movies that really you know laid the foundation for um what i think most people would call like american high school what the american high school um, experience is like yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, this movie definitely contributed um, to, like, the general, I think, mindset of, like, what high school is supposed to look like. I mean, for me, it was more of, you know, um, she's all that and clueless. But, yeah, I mean, like... Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, like, I... This movie is definitely is, a, I think, a classic for, like, our generation. And even, uh, like, thinking yeah. about... The, there's a moment where a classic, you have to have the marching band in full uniform for practice, yeah. which is not real, you know, <laughs> mar- marching around, just kind of like how um, in 10 Things I Have About You, you know, the classic American high school marching band that's like just playing around and they're kind of nerdy. Um, they have that here too. There's, um, I guess it is interesting that they swapped out football for baseball here. Um, but yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. I mean, like all of these movies together, kind of like made this like patchwork of what high school um, was supposed to look like for everyone. Do you have any like f- things you want to bring up that we kind of forgot to mention, or any like final notes on the movie? Uh, um, I did not mention that this in this movie you will find a very young James Franco. This was his first film um, that he was ever in, so. Um, yeah, fuck him. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, if only that was someone I wanted to right. see in a movie. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, oh, I wrote down. I have all these notes. Uh, the the song that they're playing when she gets egged is like a prayer. Oh, so sad, so heartbreaking. Um, let's see. Perfect sex. T- oh, I wrote down Molly's perfect sex talk, and it is a perfect sex talk with all the I, bananas. Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, yeah, I, I learned a lot. I I, <laughs> I I just I just learned. Um, and and again, I just I wrote down at the very end, great kiss, because it really is a great kiss at the end. Um, you get the um, you get the full Fantasia, um, to finally close out like what you've been waiting for because you are like the people at her newspaper just watching and waiting for this like will they won't they thing to happen and um they play it just right with the like he doesn't get there in time and then he runs and all the students are like clapping for her and her her newspaper friends are clapping for her it's really perfect yeah i i mean it's a great finale and i think like any whatever like question marks i have about this movie or whatever like that last scene is just so perfect that like as the credits were rolling i had was just like swept away by it and like to me that's like what makes this a great romantic comedy and one that i probably want to you know revisit because it's like it just has that like perfect you know fantasia ending as you were saying so i'm really glad that you picked it yeah and before we go i just want to say that of course like this is a, because it was 1999 and this is a classic, you know, a romantic teen comedy. We are in this Fantasia where, of course, there are like almost no black people, almost no brown people, almost no gays. Like, I think this, like, to get, like, Booksmart is probably like 
the one modern movie that I can like compare to this because it's definitely a teen movie. It's about high school experiences, but it's way more fleshed out as into like what yeah. the reality of the world looks like. Um, and so like by no means like any of these movies I would say are you know perfect representations of what high school is because they're in fact not. They are fantasies of uh, you know what older people thought high school was like um and and all in the service of you know this fantastical story uh so uh i just don't want anyone to think that like i'm obsessed with like this crazy white version of high school Uh, (laughs) like very not much so but like it would be very um like uh silly for me to say that this movie did not have a lot of like um influence on what i thought you know high school would be and of course my high school was nothing like this um but, you know, it, it, I think all good rom-coms take you somewhere um, to a place like romance is all about like this giddiness, the lightness, um, feeling like an escape. And um, this movie definitely delivers on all of those fronts. And what a great place to end there. Um, Louis, where can people find you online? Um, so I co-host The Mixed Reviews with my good friend Gavin Medius, and you can find us at The Mixed Reviews on Twitter, we're on Instagram, all those good places. I'm on Twitter at Luigi Rendon. Um, you can, you'll find, you guys can find me. I'm sure you can find me. It's fine. Um, I'm no, I'm no one famous or important, but you can find me on there um, and listen to um, our podcast again. It's called The Mixed Reviews, um, where we talk about uh, movies and um, all sorts of fun stuff. Yes, two ten of the podcast. You know, Gavin was on a couple months ago to talk about yes. that I'm a cheerleader. So I'm glad to have you as well. I'm, I'm and... so happy. Yeah, he was, he told me he was like I wanted to to pick a queer movie, and I was like, go off this. You, I was like, absolutely, but I need to, I need to talk about the classics, okay? I mean, yeah, exactly. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the Manish eighty nine. Please follow the podcast at InPodGDU, and remember to rate, review, subscribe, so people can find the show. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I had a great time, and you're welcome back on the show anytime. And, oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Really glad that you picked this movie. I really enjoyed it. And uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. I watched the rain come down.